When creating an exit strategy, business owners can't just account for the health of their books. They also must consider the health of their brand. Financials say a lot about an organization, but public awareness can mean the difference for a company that sells and a company that sits. I've known the talented PR team at HKA for many years, and I've seen firsthand how marketplace visibility equals marketplace value. If your brand needs a boost, contact the marketing communications experts at HKA by calling 714-426-0444 or visit them online at www.hkamarcom.com. Hi, this is Bill Black from the Exacoach Radio Show. Last year, a business owner friend of mine died suddenly and tragically, and his family was unprepared. In his honor, I'm giving away 1,000 of my ebooks entitled Business Continuity Five Steps to Protect Your Family Free. All you have to do is text the word family to 44222. That's family to 44222. Don't let your family be the victim of an unplanned business. Text family to 44222 for this free information today. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm very pleased to introduce my next guest. We're going to talk about aligning your culture and your people to your strategic outcomes. You know, uh, companies need to pay attention to this. We've been talking about this earlier today. We talk about it all the time. You really need to make sure that your company is in a straight line uh, from uh, from the what you from your why down to how your people talk about your business, how they execute on your plans. And Stuart Friedman is joining us from Progressive Management Associates, and we're going to talk about that. So get ready. We're going to talk about how owners and CEOs uh, reach out to Stuart when people aren't aligned uh, to strategic outcomes. And we're going to talk about the, the, the company's only as strong as its culture and the strength of the culture is based on the people's ability to communicate effectively from the top down. And Stuart's solution is called the relevance factor. So we'll talk about that in a second. Stuart, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. It's uh, always uh, a pleasure to meet somebody new, and I'd love to hear more about your background and how you started Progressive Management Associates. Uh, my corporate experience um, was with some fairly major-sized companies. And in fact, my last corporate stint, I was a VP uh, in, in a Fortune 500 publicly traded company, and I was brought in to build um, a, a very cohesive, uh, strategically oriented uh business division that was very fragmented and um, I was given a budget a time frame and I was given a five-year time frame and after I figured out what the issues were after three years I had built a 750 million dollar division 5,500 employees 140 offices across uh, the country and it in the specific area was was in the area of small businesses and when I start started doing research small, medium-sized businesses, there are over 10 million companies with one employee to size 99 employees. And I figured, you know what, 
this country needs a lot more of these companies to grow than it needs this Fortune 500. I mean, the Fortune 500 is doing some great things, but the future rests in these small to medium-sized companies. One, we get them growing. That means more families get employed. And I figured, mm-hmm. look, if I could get just a small percent of that $10 million, I think I'm doing okay. And so... <laughs> And so I, I achieved the goal, and it was time to move on. They didn't have another job for me, um, and I said, you know what? And then I, I also uh, married a wonderful woman who uh, supported me and uh, what I did, and, and uh, she was awesome. She looked at me, and she said, okay, I'm giving you two years to turn a profit, and then you're back to the corporate world. And you know what? Corporate world was great training, but I but I had a passion, and I had a, a vision, and um, quite frankly, it wasn't that difficult to get past those two years. And um, number one, for anybody, and you know, baby boomers and anybody with with a business, you you got to have the right people around you, and they got to be aligned. If if my lovely wife said no, I'm not supporting this. I don't know that I would be as successful as I am today. And that's not just personal; that's in the business as well. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody needs to be uh, as uh, as Jim Collins put it years ago on the in the right seats on the bus facing the right way, I guess. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. What's an effective way for a team to get aligned to strategic outcomes? So, listening to, you know, some other shows that you've done that have really brought uh enlightenment to the future for uh for business owners and, you know, even today uh, with some with some of the speakers, first of all, let, let me be really clear about something. I, I don't care you're the boss, you're the owner. On some level, people don't really care what you have to say. And I don't mean that like with a personal attack or with any sort of maliciousness. We are so bombarded today with information coming at every angle. It is virtually impossible to get somebody's focus on you for a period of time that you think is worthy of your message. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a strategic outcome and a heartfelt desire, then you've got to be very, very clear in your communication and how you set up the culture of your business around that strategy and those outcomes has to be very, very clear. And the only way you can do that is through communication. You can't just look at people and they're supposed to guess. What I tell people when I speak around the world, I say, look, when I was going to grade school, they were teaching us how to read minds. I said, that curriculum's over. They don't do that anymore. They they don't teach people how to sense and feel and and read a body. We're we're done doing that. We we're, we mm-hmm. we stopped and I'm I'm trying to get it back into the curriculums. So you have to be really effective as a communicator because people don't care, and it's not because they don't want to. It's because they just have so much else going on. You know, U.S. productivity is is pretty low right now because of the distraction at work. The number one distraction at work, the internet. So if you don't put in controls or you don't put in um, ways to, to protect your productivity, you're paying people to read the on the Internet. I have clients that we put in sort of um, a monitoring system whereby uh, the system itself, if, if you click on a particular website and it's not registered with IT, that means it's a business-related website, they get a little notice on the screen that says, you know, this is not registered. Please contact your your supervisor for approval. Mm. So, and it's automated. It's not like someone's actually watching it. We put it in the system to keep people on on the path. So, 
even though the message was delivered, this is the process, people, you know, look, people drive to work in the morning, they listen to Pandora, they're listening to the radio, they're listening to an FM station, Bill, they're listening to an FM station, W-I-I-F-M. Mm-hmm. That station was there before radio waves were ever invented, and it's going to be there after they eliminate the radio. It's called What's In It For Me. <laughs> and that station is so freaking loud right now that that it's almost impossible to get your message clear to everyone in your business all hearing the same thing. So so because people are being bombarded with, with all this information, there's another aspect as well. Today, you can turn on a radio station to listen to the music you want to hear, and I can listen on to a station to the music I want to hear. Well, it's the same thing with data and the Internet. You you might tune into um, Microsoft for your daily news. I might turn into the, the website for the Wall Street Journal. They might be delivering the same news but with a whole different spin, and how you see an item may be completely different than me. That's what goes on in business. The owner delivers a message. You got 12 direct reports. You got 12 people hearing 12 different messages. There's mm. no way you're going to hit your outcomes. So what do you need to do? You need to apply the relevance factor. What's the relevance factor? You can no longer just speak from your point of view with the language you want to use and expect people to hear the message. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I'll even go back to some of your other um, um, guests that talk about psychometric tools, trait behavior tools. Those are awesome because what they do is they tell you how people listen. For example, um, somebody who works for me needs to be very detail-oriented because I'm not. And mm-hmm. if I don't speak in, in, a, in a detailed enough fashion, they're just going to keep listening for the detail. They're going to miss my big-picture message. And vice versa, if they're big picture and you talk too much into the detail, they're going to fall asleep, their head's going to hit the table, and everyone's going to, you know, get embarrassed. So the key is, number one, the biggest mistake owners today make is they think that because they're the boss, because they speak English to an English listening audience, that they're being heard, listened to, and people will respond. That that just isn't the case. Yeah, yeah. The boss, yeah, it's... yeah right? Communication... Yeah culture top down and what have we learned from in the last few years when uh, i mean what's the average number of words on a billboard these days almost none it's it's one or two or three people need uh, you walk into these businesses and you see their their mission vision values and goals statement basically it's about six paragraphs and when's the last (laughs) time anybody looked at that (laughs) well you know that's a great point because the first thing I do when I get called in by a you know by a prospective client, the CEO says, "Yeah, these people aren't aligned. You know they have a great environment here. We do some great things." And the first question, one of the first questions I'll ask is, "So, um, Pat, I'm just curious. Do your people really know what your vision is, your mission? And by the way, do they know the key outcomes? Oh yeah, they know the key outcomes. They better know those key outcomes. That's how they get paid." Okay, I'll talk to the very first. I'll say, well, who's your who's you know your number two? I go to the number two. I ask them, what are your key results? And they look at me like a deer in headlights. Or I'll get, well, I think I think it's this. Very hmm. few owners, very few owners really know how to communicate effectively to get a hundred percent of their message heard. 
And if you're going to sell your business, if you're going to, let's say, um, move your business on to um, an heir apparent and you have legacy revenue coming from that, don't think it's just going to come because you said so. If you don't apply the relevance factor and figure out how what you're doing is relevant to the person that you're speaking to, all bets are off. It's just not going to happen. It's like the game of telephone, though. It's like, right, I start with you. It's a big rainy day, and I go, oh, my God, telephone game, Noah's Ark. And the rules in, in, in the game of telephone are I say something once, you hear it once. That's it. And by the time we go around the room, I guarantee you we'll hear something like dogs bark. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because yeah. we deliver yeah. the message once, and we think, oh, I just spoke English, and I'm the boss. So you want to build a culture, then you've got to be able to communicate that culture. You want to get strategic outcomes and heartfelt desires from that culture, then you have to, you have to communicate like you've never done before. You have to, you know, I'll be, I just spoke to a group of CEOs um, in Louisville, about uh, 60 or 70. And, and um, you know, as I'm speaking to them and I'm asking them, okay, what do you want? for you know to happen down the road and the first question i'll ask them okay so um how many times you've delivered your message about what you want and they all look at me like well do we have to deliver it more than once not only do you have to deliver it more than once you have to reinforce it and reinforce it and reinforce it just like i I don't know if you have kids but i have three boys you never stop reinforcing the message Mm -hmm. you got to get that kind of clarity that kind of commitment if you really want to make it happen. And unless you make it relevant, all bets are off. Because what do they care if it's not relevant to them? Well, that's a great point. And I was just going to say, so is the preaching from the pulpit to the to the employee congregation is pretty much the wrong way to approach this. It sounds like you need to be down on the floor with them, communicating with everybody, helping them get their input into it so it becomes relevant. That seems like a tall order. Um, how do you go about doing that? So uh, first things first, um, in, in a big general sort of perspective, number one, um, if people are hiring, and I'm, gonna, and I'm just going to reinforce what some of your other guests have said, you've got to hire the right people into the culture. If you have a safety, a culture that's a culture of safety because you're manufacturing, one of the questions you, you ought to be asking anybody coming into that company is, you know, you're coming to our company. What are your top three work values that you would, you would want in this culture? And if yours is safety, if, if one of the top three is not safety, they are not aligned with you. They can't be. If that's not top of their brain coming into your culture, a manufacturing organization, and safety is your one of your top values, but it's not one of theirs, that's not, it's, somewhere along down the line, you're, it's not going to work. So that's mm-hmm. number one. You've got to bring them in because they, they have the same value system um, and, and uh, relative to the, to the culture. So once you get the right people, then you deliver your message. And then here's where the rubber meets the road. You want to be relevant, then any time you have a general message to a group of people, then you get to do something. You get, because you're the owner or the message deliverer, even if you're not the owner, you're a step down or two, you get to then go around to each individual and ensure that they heard the message. You get to have that one-on-one intimate discussion that, number one, builds a rapport, 
gets the loyalty, gets commitment, and gets them to ask questions around it. Let me make sure I heard you correctly. Is this what you meant? And now you have a chance that they heard your message and will execute on that. Because without that, you you know, flawless execution doesn't occur. I mean, if you play the game of telephone top down, you go down four levels after a message is, is delivered by the boss, I guarantee you less than 10% of the message is heard. And if people want to know why they're not, they're not um, getting things done on time, right time, within budget, it's because you have this huge gap between what was said and what was heard. So, and the steps before that, it seems like if you're, if you're going to deliver a relevant message that's relevant to those individuals, you have to have first received and heard them and gotten their feedback and input and assured that they know that you have received that. Because that if they, that, that's the big problem today is that a lot of employees are like, everything I say, nobody listens to what I say. <laughs> so, right. 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 So, so here's what I learned when I started. Uh, I, I got a speaking coach, and here's, here's what I'll never forget. They said, Stuart, people won't hear you until, they, until you get to know them. Or mm-hmm. I'm sorry. They said, people won't hear you un- until they get to know you. But they won't get to know you until you get to know them first. Mm-hmm. And so when we go walking around this earth, I, it, there's, been a, there's been a huge shift. Everything is about what's in it for me. Huge shift that, that's gotten away from worrying about the other person first. That's why customer service is down. That's why people job hop. It's because we're worried. We really are worried about ourselves first. We need to start teaching future, this generation and future generations to start worrying about the other people first. And you want to know which companies are doing the best? The first thing they'll tell you is that their culture is all about customer service. But what it's really about is, is um, really it's about customer interest and customer accommodation that's what it's about now if we can shift the planet i'm just i'm I'm certain i want to live to be past my hundreds but right now it's tough out there so if if you're gonna if you want succession in your business that's what you got to put in it you could have a great product but if you don't think about the other person first with the relevance factor you know what you're gonna have it's gonna be a struggle it's gonna be a struggle and this, that, and right now, mm-hmm. I'm also going to say this is not a time for the faint of heart. This is for people who want to work hard and make a difference. That's what mm-hmm. today is about. Yeah, it's fascinating as as you're saying that. I'm, it's dawning on me that you know one of the reasons is that we had a whole generation of people that were loyal to the company. It, it got them absolutely nowhere, yep. or they yep. feel they feel that way. So, if the company, you know, if caring about the company didn't matter any to the company as much as it mattered to me that I'm not going to care about the company anymore, but I still care about what I'm doing, what my, what my, what impact my work is having on other people out there. It's Mm -hmm. just, I'm not going to give so much back to that particular company. And that's the whole millennial workforce that's coming up saying, we're not going to be loyal to a company. We're going to be loyal to the the mission, the purpose, the values. We want our our life to be worth something, but not so much that we are blind to who's leading us. Yeah, and and you make a great point because your other speakers and past shows as well have said people have to get passionate and they got to find the environment and the culture that that's going to feed that passion. And I'm a believer, you know, you, you take care of the people at home, you take care of your people first, they'll take care of the clients. It's top down. You know what? You want people to pick up garbage off the floor, well then you got to do it first. You want these millennials to shift and by the way, 
the, the, the workforce is going to be a majority is going to be the millennials in about two years. And if we're going to make a difference, then we have to start making a difference with this generation because then they can teach it to the next generation so that we can show them how it makes a difference in their lives as well. That's it. Look at I'm, I'm, I'm at a client today. I'm at home tomorrow. I'm not any different. We get to practice caring about other people all the time. But we got to show people how to do it. And it starts, the easiest way is just by communication, just by what we say to people. That's where it starts. The Great actions stuff, will come really. later. Terrific input, um, terrific advice. Stuart, you speak to uh, groups like business leaders, I take it, all the time. Is that is that a big part that of what you correct. do? Okay. Yeah, so, so you're, yeah, C- mm-hmm. CEOs and owners, correct. Okay, so you're available um, for anyone who wants to come in and talk about this, which is a fascinating topic. But you also have a book called, is it called Break Free from Job Jail? Correct. I love correct. it. Correct. <laughs> Tell us yeah. about that. So um, so when I left the corporate world, um, you know, it isn't easy to, to just jump into something. There, there's fear. We all have it. It's innate in human nature. And um, but But finally, after that, building that $750 million business, it dawned on me, I, I had a message out there, and I was just going to follow my, my truth and, and follow my heart's desire. And, um, you know, you go through all these gyrations in your brain is why you can't. And then you realize it's because it's all these messages that you've heard from people that are all perceptions about what you think you're supposed to do. Um, and so what I did was, I, I uh, the book is basically about seven or eight steps how to get past that barrier so you're pursuing what you want to pursue. Now, the whole title of the book is Break Free from Job Jail, and you don't have to quit your job. Look at not everybody wants to be a business owner. Okay, so how do you break out of your current job so that you can make it really what it is for you? And it might mean leaving a business, but not necessarily. Sometimes it's just a two-millimeter shift in what you're currently doing or how you're doing it. Most of the time, guess what it comes down to? you got to have a conversation with somebody to tell them what you're feeling or thinking so they can go, oh, well, that makes sense. I think we can accommodate that. Mm-hmm. But that's what breaking free from job jail is, is making it so it works for you. Just so you know, 80% of the workforce has an aspect of their job they don't like, and then they say, my job sucks, and then they want to leave. And that's that's not the truth. The truth is... Oh, unfortunately, I think we lost Stuart. about it. I'm sorry, we lost the, the we lost you there where you said the truth is. So tell us tell us that part so we have that in recording. Okay. Thank you. So the truth is, yeah, eighty seven percent of the people in, in a job um have aspects of the job that don't work for them. What they have to do is they have to break free and have a conversation, communicate what it is that's not working for them and see if they can accommodate it. And if the employer can, great. And if they can't, this is where you have to get ownership and responsibility then then find what works for you. But if we're open in dialogue, you know what? There's a better chance things are going to happen. But if you just sit there and let it fester, then everybody gets then, you know, everybody's upset, nothing gets resolved, and the worst case scenario is somebody leaves and they leave disgruntled. And and that's and it doesn't have to be that way. Okay, so if I were to to restate that back to you, 80% of people have aspects of their jobs that they don't like. So don't be surprised as the owner that somebody is is talk is thinking negatively about their job, but find that that doesn't mean they want to leave. 
but you have to go in with that recognition that what is that something that people don't like about their jobs because it, it should not be any surprise to you. It That is absolutely correct. Absolutely so, correct. So it's something for business owners to work on, making your employees feel that they're not in job jail, that they're basically there uh, as part of a culture to help customers and, and really get them in line with what the overall culture is. I love the topic. I love the concept and the relevance factors. Um, uh, the relevance factor. So uh, how do our listeners get in touch with you and find out more, Stuart? The the easiest way where most if uh, most of the information uh, that's relevant is uh, is at uh, www.pma-co.com, petermaryapple-chileasker.com. And phone numbers are there, and um, I don't sleep much, so if you're on the East Coast or West Coast or you know the Barbary Coast, it, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm fairly accessible. Terrific. And uh, again, if you're a, a leader of a business group and you're looking for an interesting speaker, uh, give Stuart a call and talk to him about what he can do. Because obviously, uh, we as we've heard in the last 20 minutes, um, he can bring a lot to a meeting. Uh, knows what he's talking about, and I think your your business owners would walk away charged up and ready to tackle what's probably a, a, a relevant problem for all of them. So, Stuart, thanks very much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to have you, and I'd love to have you back, and uh, we can talk more about uh, some of these other details. As is usual in our first interview, we just scratched the surface here, so please come back and join us again. Uh, you're welcome for having me, and thank you for having me. I would love that opportunity. Would love it. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. So please stay with us. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 